0: Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Today, we're going to talk about reporting. How do we encourage people to report. This is one that comes up quite frequently. But first, I want to, as always, encourage you to please, please, please subscribe to the podcast. I know we've been away for a week or two. It's the height of summer, uh, and we are engaged, as many of you are, in uh, family summer activities. Uh, This is probably one of the reasons why reporting is on my mind, because I have two boys uh, that are very often reporting on each other. Um, but uh, uh, we ende- are, are going to endeavor uh, to keep up the cadence as we push through the dog days of summer here um, but I would really like it if you would take the time uh, if you could uh, to, to subscribe to the podcast it really makes a difference to us um, and also please get in touch if you've got questions that you would like us to address issues that you think uh... we really ought to be covering um, people we ought to interview we haven't done a lot of interviews in the summer it's a little bit harder to schedule people people are out uh... we in, intend in having a few more interviews as we head into the next couple of months but if you you have some suggestions about anything please please we would love to hear from you uh... with all that said i did want to talk a little bit about reporting uh... we've talked about reporting in the past um... but this is something that um, has come up frequently here with some clients in the last few months i have uh... more than a couple clients that are engaged in uh... doing culture surveys or have otherwise done assessment work where uh... issues around reporting have come up or questions around reporting is probably a better way to put it have come up and one of the constant questions that you get uh, when you're looking at this and you get back the survey data uh, and you have a certain percentage of your population that are uh, state that they have observed misconduct but haven't reported it and you look down the reasons and you see retaliation concerns, you see concerns about uh, organizational justice and we'll talk more about that in a minute uh, and, and you wonder what, what could we do, what, how do we approach this issue of reporting and encourage people uh, to uh, come forward. I think a, 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 a concept to think about from the beginning is that it is not normal, it is not a natural uh, activity for people to kind of step out of line, step up, raise their hand, uh, go against the flow, whatever cliche you want to use, uh, and we have to keep that in mind. I think sometimes we look at these survey results, we look at some of the statements that people make about their concerns, and we're like, why are they worried? You know, I'm a, you know, I here I am in the compliance office or in the in the uh, uh, general counsel's office, and I'm just waiting for people to come in and ask me questions, and I feel like I, you know, am am ready to facilitate that. and I don't understand why they're concerned, but we have to really think long and hard about human nature and how uh, how how the. Uh, Uh, workplace works, how our societies work, it is really really hard for people to be out of step with everyone else if they feel like they are going against the flow, going against the uh, management or or the authorities in their organization. That's a really hard thing to do and so everything that we do uh, to communicate around reporting, you need to keep that in the back of your mind I think. Uh, at all times, that, that you really ask, we're asking a lot of people uh, to step out of line to, to do something that is not uh, going along with the flow oftentimes. And so I think if we uh, put our change our mindset, change our perception a little bit, to keep that in mind at all times, that makes it a little bit easier when we're communicating. But there are three things I wanted to talk about, three concepts that I think are really important in encouraging people to come forward and report. And the first is transparency, and that's transparency around all of the processes involved around reporting. Um, That means that you need to be very transparent about what the investigation process is, uh, give as much detail as you possibly can, not only about the process, but about results. I know that uh, historically many organizations are reticent to uh, reveal results from uh, investigations, particularly disciplinary results, uh, but I often encourage you to push back against, oftentimes HR or uh, employment counsel, and ask them to to you know give you chapter and verse as to why it's not a good idea. Why? What are they concerned about? What are oftentimes I know litigation concerns are brought up, uh, privacy concerns sometimes are brought up, uh, and those may be. Uh, Bona fide concerns. But I I think you need to push back a little bit because I know, uh, in my experience, sometimes this is a blanket prohibition against talking about the broad strokes, the very basic concepts around these investigations and the results. Uh, and what happened that leave people thinking that the company is hiding the ball about what happened with these investigations and these results. And people know about it. Uh, People understand that uh, Joan is no longer with the company. Uh, they, they, They are going to create their own narrative if you don't have a narrative for them. So I think it's important... Uh, to be transparent not only about the process around discipline and the process around investigations but on these specific cases particularly if it's something that you have concern that is a a, it's, it's an ongoing risk for the organization you know let's just take garden variety ongoing risk for every organization harassment that's front of mind uh... for everyone these days uh... if you've had uh... some harassment cases in the past and they follow a, a pattern, and that pattern is something that you can speak to, even if you can't speak to all the specifics of of a individual case. You should be doing that, and you should be talking about how we handle those cases, how we handle our investigations. What's the process? How long does it take? When and uh, should you expect to hear back from us? And when should you hear, expect to hear back from us? And if you're uh reporting anonymously and you don't leave us information on how to contact you. It's not that we're not interested, it's that we can't we can't get in touch with you. You know, run all those traps, provide information, provide uh transparency around the process. I think that can be really helpful to encourage people to come forward if they under really understand what's going on. Because again, in a vacuum, in the absence of you explaining how your process works, they're going to make up in their own mind how your process works. And oftentimes it's not going to be a flattering interpretation so please try to be as transparent as you possibly can the second thing that I think is really important and is related to the first one is don't assume knowledge don't assume people understand how the system works whether that's the uh, hotline helpline system or the other reporting mechanisms that are out there don't assume they understand. Uh, what, what is supposed to happen after they report. And that goes hand-in-hand hand with being transparent about the process. Uh, I think oftentimes we assume that people uh, know all of the information that we do, and that's, again, normal human nature, uh, that they understand about this hotline or helpline, and they understand what happens when they call or, or send an email to the compliance officer, to the general counsel. But we can't assume that. Uh, if, if nobody, if, if, if a individual employee has never been involved in a situation where they felt they needed to report before, then it might be completely new to them and, and I, I hate to tell you but maybe they haven't paid attention in the past when you've talked about uh, what your role is and how you're available. Uh, we can't assume knowledge about reporting and what reporting means and what the avenues for reporting and asking questions are in the organization. That's what informal communication, hotline posters, uh, Podcasts. We talked about this recently about different ways of communicating to your to your population, uh, getting the word out there informally about individual risk topics, but also talking about the process, talking about how you report, what happens when you report, um, and and what the expectation should be. Don't assume knowledge of those individual reporters out there, because many of them, uh, you know, it it would not surprise me, and particularly in large organizations, that people have absolutely no idea, for example, about the hotline. You know, maybe they haven't seen a poster. Maybe they're not in a facility where a poster exists. Maybe they haven't read the code of conduct. You know, uh, there are lots of possibilities. So, communicating about what uh, resources are available, uh, what the process is, is really important. And also, don't assume knowledge for the people that they're most likely to report to, and that's managers. We've talked about this before. Uh, survey data over and over show a absolute preference by um, employees to go to their direct manager and make their report. That is the most likely avenue that they're going to make their report to. Uh, Next to that is local HR, um, or HR uh, resources, uh, and other managers. Uh, The hotline, helpline, mostly whenever you do that survey question whenever you ask you know where would you prefer to report hotline helpline is always in the single digits people want to go to somebody they know when they have a question or concern so don't assume knowledge of the managers if you're if you don't have a really strong uh, training program or portion of a manager training program that talks about compliance responsibilities and about for instance escalating reports and what to do and how they're supposed to handle it if you have a system that they can log on to or if they're supposed to call someone or whatever your escalation process is and may you know in some organizations there is no formal escalation process so it's a that's an important thing to run down you you can't assume knowledge of the managers either They're going to be, depending on your organization and depending on what's going on, they may be receiving over a third of the reports, maybe more, maybe close to 40%, depending on the surveys that you look at. Uh, Managers are the number one place these reports go, and they're the number one place where these reports often die. So don't assume that those managers know what to do. So you've got the first piece of the puzzle, right? You've encouraged people to come forward. You've told them in the code, you've told them in informal communication, hey, when you have a question or concern, here's what you do. First stop in most codes of conduct these days is your manager. Well, if that manager is not equipped to handle those reports or know what to do with those reports, that's where that report stops. So don't assume knowledge of the managers because that is also not going to lead to uh, the reporting that you expect. The last thing I would say, and this is also a communication effort, is to really, really hone in on fairness. Uh, fairness uh, is a little bit different from transparency. Uh, transparency is telling them how things work, how your processes work, what goes on in a, tra- in a, in a uh, investigation or a discipline process. But you also need to communicate to them about the fairness of these processes. Uh, Next to retaliation, the the most uh, cited reason, generally, that people don't speak up and report is that they don't think the company is going to do anything about it. They don't think the company is going to be fair or equitable about an investigation. And oftentimes, that is correlated with them not thinking that the company treats everybody the same in a disciplinary process. So you need to make sure that fairness is part of the discussion when you're talking about reporting and you're talking about investigations, that they understand that that uh, everybody is subject to the same uh, principles and, and responsibilities, and everybody's going to be subject to the same discipline if they violate the rules. That's really important. Uh, that's organizational justice that I mentioned at the top of the um, of the podcast. Organizational justice, that everything will be fair in this process, that everybody will be treated the same and everybody will receive the same discipline if they act out of line, Uh, that retaliation will not be uh, acceptable. That's a great place to talk about that as well. So those three things, if you can talk about those three things, transparency, making sure, uh, don't assume and explain the process, and talk about fairness, I think that's a good that that will provide a good effort in encouraging reporting. One last bonus thing that I would like to talk about and this has come up more and more frequently over the last couple of years and I think it's a factor of um, people being more cognizant of compliance and being more um, cognizant of reporting is that you see some, uh, a growing percentage of people Uh, who don't report, uh, saying that they didn't report because they weren't quite sure they had all the information or they weren't quite sure that what they saw was a violation. And in other words, people are now um, a little trepidatious about perhaps uh, getting somebody in trouble or, or, or suggesting that something is a misconduct when it really isn't. And they want to moderate to a certain extent. I think that that's a little bit of a rebound effect, I guess, uh, from maybe what we saw 15 or 20 years ago, where a very small, a much smaller percentage of people would report. Now we have a much healthier percentage of people who are reporting, and we have people who are starting to uh, make make the call <laughs> uh, on whether something is misconduct or not on their own, and uh, uh, feeling like maybe they shouldn't come forward if they don't have all the facts. Uh, or if they're unsure whether it's even a violation or not. So that's another communication effort there is to, to, to debunk that and say, look, it's not up to you uh, to make the call as to whether this is actually misconduct or not. It's not up to you uh, to have all the facts or conduct an investigation. Uh, that's what we do. And here, and, and here, by the way, is our process. That's that transparency part. Uh, so that they understand that uh, there is an investigation to happen afterwards that they don't need to come to you with everything uh, that uh, 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 completes the prosecution if you will Uh, they they only need to come to you with their concerns that are bona fide uh, good-faith concerns uh, even if they're not sure it's a violation They should come forward, and that's a message that we need uh, to make sure people get as well. So you get a bonus number four. I usually do threes on on these podcasts, three things, but there's a bonus number four is uh, communicate around uh, uh, reporting, speaking up, even if they are not certain they know all the facts, and even if they are uncertain whether it's misconduct or not, just if it's a question or concern that they have, uh, and let them know that you'll take it from there that you have this process that you've explained very, very carefully uh, about how that investigation process works. So um, I think if you can do that, if you can, and and, and again, all of these, all, all four of these points really boil down to communication. If you can communicate uh, very specifically about what happens in these situations, what the expectations are, what the resources are, uh, what they can what they can do to contribute to this. And by they, uh, again, that means not only the employees out there, but managers who have uh, the special responsibility because they are uh, the nexus of a lot of these reports. If you can do that, if you can reach those folks and and get them involved in the process, um, I think that you will see. Uh, a much healthier uh, reporting rate in your organization. So um, uh, uh, let me know what you think about that. Uh, let me know if you have any ideas around reporting. I know this is an issue that is getting much more sophisticated as we move along and uh, people have uh, strong opinions about it, but uh, I, I think uh, key to a lot of it is just making peop- making sure the people that you want to report understand uh, what the process is, Uh, what the resources are and what they're to do, you know, let them know, Uh, don't assume. So thanks again. Uh, As always, please subscribe, please get in touch. If you have questions or want to make suggestions to us, we really, really love to hear from you. Uh, And we'll be back in another week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.